0: the broncos blitz podcast with ronnie k presented by tap 14 analysis and commentary to help you get your broncos fixed during the offseason subscribe on itunes or google play or listen on demand anytime in the mile high sports mobile app
1: welcome to the broncos blitz podcast my name is ronnie court you can follow me on twitter at ronnie radio that's at r-o-n-n-i-e letter k radio on twitter with today on the podcast the denver broncos have introduced their new crop of players, whether that's uh, Juwan James, Kareem Jackson, and Joe Flacco. You're going to hear from Joe Flacco. You're going to hear from Vic Fangio as well as John Elway to talk about these guys and what they're going to add to the team right now on the Broncos Blitz podcast. But first, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap 100 Colorado distilled spirit. Chef Andrea Verlo on that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Be sure to go check it out over there at tap 14. And that rooftop is just tremendous. Go grab one of those craft beers. They are just, Oh, they're the best. Be sure to check it out. You can find them on the web. Spell out the word 14 for me. That's tap 14.com tap 14.com. The, um, the overall deal. If that was to be the case, my hope is that a lot of this is incentive based. And it would make sense if it was because this is a guy who's dealt with injuries and certainly has a lot to go. But uh, Jeff Hireman is your starting tight end, at least likely, for the Denver Broncos moving forward. Um, the, what, one of the big things coming out of the press conferences today. Uh, so Elway confirms the offensive line that we thought was going to be the case. Garrett Bull's at left tackle. Uh, Ron Leary will stay at that left guard position. Connor McGovern will slide over to the middle and uh, play center. And then we will see uh, Juwan James, who will also speak today, too, as well as Kareem Jackson. So we'll probably hear from them a little bit later in the show. And uh, Juwan James will play that right tackle position. Right guard, I think, is still very much a competition right now between Elijah Wilkinson, Sam Jones. They like those two a lot. I know they like Wilkinson a lot. They liked Wilkinson a lot last year. Um, so certainly there is uh, a lot to uh, – there's still more holes to fill. And as Elway said, the free agency is still ongoing. I personally think that they are very much not set, but they're going to sit out the next couple a little bit, a couple days. They're going to be on uh, hiatus because they got guys to introduce. They got money to dish out. They dished out so much money in day one. They really just – You know, I I think the immediate fan take is like, oh, my God, let's pay this guy and that guy. It's like, that's not how the money works. You get a contract. You get a contract. That's how you get $50,000 in debt on your credit card, and people call you and hunt you down to take your car Uh, in-house. Don't do that. You cannot go into debt. Yes. Uh, John Elway also talked about Chris Harris Jr. Uh, So his contract situation coming up, and I tell you what, Chris Harris Jr. was watching this whole thing. So Chris Harris Jr. on Twitter tweeted uh, a couple things. He actually replied to James Palmer's tweet. Uh, James Palmer, of course, a friend of the show, uh, who talks about Chris Harris and the potential contract with a with a GIF of himself. He He actually tweeted a GIF of himself, which I think is like, I'm not even sure if you should be allowed to do that. I suppose if you're like Chris Harris Jr.'s stature, that's fine. You wouldn't retweet a, a GIF of yourself? I don't know if you're... Are you allowed to? Who says you that, can't? Is that protocol that you're not allowed... It's kind of like liking your own stuff or like retweeting your own stuff, like high-fiving yourself. Have you seen Twitter the stuff that's put on there? I think I retweeting a GIF of yourself he, is the least of the worries. He reasons. also said uh, three crying faces. Same thing, different day. Ooh. Bomp, That's a That's a little... But, anyways, uh, this is John Elway talking about uh, Chris Harris Jr. and the contract situation. Well, we'll talk about that later. Once we get through everything, we get through the draft, we'll see where we are. We'll see where we are budget wise, and, and uh, you know, so
0: obviously Chris has been a good football player for us for a long time. So we'll have to see where that goes, and you know, it's something that uh, we'd like to look at.
1: So obviously, Chris Harris Jr. has now company inside the. Uh, The cornerback room as well, too, because Kareem Jackson now joins the team as well, too. And Vic Fangio talked about Kareem Jackson because, of course, the the conversation right now is what is Denver going to do with Kareem Jackson? Is it going to be inside, outside, uh, maybe potentially some safety? And uh, Vic Fangio gave us a little bit of clarification as far as what they're going to be doing with Kareem Jackson. Well, it gives us a lot of options. You know, just from week to week, we may be able to line him up where we feel best fits to defend the team we're playing. He's smart enough to learn all the different positions. He's proven in games and on tape that he can execute the positions, not just know what to do, but play them competitively and at a high level. So it's a big advantage. And it helps when you're looking at other players that you have guys that can move around. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. It, it, this is, and I've talked about this on the show, and particularly with the Broncos situation because they have two safeties that I think are studs in the making in Will Parks and Justin Simmons. You want those guys on the field, but you also, you, you it's it's perfect. And I think Suha Cravens, they wanted him to be that guy. This kind of like hybrid safety, maybe not so much corner. But you know, Suha kind of played more towards a linebacker skill set. I think, more than a corner. Kareem Jackson plays far more to the corner side of things, and I think that's going to fit them far better as a team in that secondary. And I, I like the move. It, it, it's a little pricey on the guaranteed money, but again, it's it's one of those holes of need that was so badly needed to be filled. And, I, and I'm okay if you're going to overpay to fill that large of a hole because this is like Grand Canyon-sized, okay? This... This was not yeah, this was not just like reinforcing a position. This was needing to bring in a starter because we have no other warm bodies. There's nobody else there. Uh, Joe Flacco spoke as well, too. Uh Flacco talked all the the basic stuff. The yeah, Great to be here. Inter- interesting dynamic, of course, because the first thing you know he was asked about was the Mile High Miracle. And uh you know, you talked about oh well, you know, it's a football game, you know. It is what it is. Uh let's, I think let's forget that. I think friend of the show Nikki Javala, uh tweeted out that a reporter asked Joe Flacco or said something to the realm of we were all here in twenty thirteen. We were all here when you saw it and he replied, Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh oh, why God. do why why do reporters remember this? more than players. I feel like players really just don't care. They care but they don't care, I think, cuz all right, clearly well, nobody else is here from 2013. Exactly. Outside of Chris Harris, is it Chris Harris Jr? Is maybe the only Von Miller? Von Miller There aren't very many players from that team. But reporters, man, they're offended by everything. Or they got to bring something up. Uh so Flacco talks about a multitude of things, from meeting his new teammates to the offense with Rich Gangarello. Talked about uh, how when he got in, he had a car ride with with uh, Kareem Jackson as well as Juwan James, and how you know they're they're building. He he talked about how it's probably going to be awkward for the first week getting to know everybody, uh, and I think this is one of those kind of interesting dynamics because Flacco's never done this before. Remember, Flacco's entire career is in Baltimore. He's never been free agent, journeyman guy to, like, go to a new place. So we'll see how that shells. He also had an interesting comment about the miserable... He called this miserable. The miserable finish in Baltimore.
0: Yeah, well, if I have to reflect back on that time in Baltimore, it was not very fun. It was miserable sitting there on the bench and not being able to contribute, not really feeling like you're a part of the team. Um, you know, but if that's what it takes... To be in this situation right now and be as excited about it as I am and my family is, um, then that's what it takes. And I really am excited. I got the call, I think it was a Wednesday morning. I hadn't heard anything about what might happen to me. You know, I figured obviously that I was going to be traded at some point, but you know, you start to get anxious and start to want to know what lies ahead. And I hadn't heard anything. And then all of a sudden me and my wife are in the car and I got a call from the Baltimore facility. And I was yes. like, I don't know if I want to answer that because <laughs> I want to at least know what I'm getting into when I answer this call. And so I didn't. I figured they'd leave a message. And two seconds later, I got a call from Eric DaCosta. And I quickly realized that, like, within the first 10 seconds of the conversation, he was about to tell me where I was going. And when he did, when he finally said Denver Broncos, I mean, me and my wife looked at each other as I was driving and just had big smiles on our faces. And uh,
1: I like how he was like, Oh, yeah, I didn't know where I was going until Wednesday. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like these players read this stuff and social media and everything like that. Uh, but gosh, these these NFL rules, they're super. So bro- he had one more comment, um, and it was talking about winning football games and um, I, this is what you should say I I guess, but uh, it was nice to kind of hear this
0: winning football games. <laughs> Listen, I've been in the league long enough that to to know success is nothing but winning football games. I don't care if you're a young team, if you think you're rebuilding, you know, you go win six, seven, eight games, that's not success. I don't care you know, like I said, I don't care what the expectations were from people. At some point everybody's real expectations are to go win games and be in the playoffs and then from there see what happens and go win a Super Bowl and you know, that's what everybody's trying to do, and that's what I'm trying to do the rest of my career is win the Super Bowl.
1: It's what you're supposed to say, but it's nice that he has that understanding that that is the reality, and look, it's amplified here. The expectations here. I, I've always said the expectations here are almost just a little too high for their own good, uh, but high expectations are never a bad thing, too, because it pushes you to be better. puts more pressure on the team to always put out a winner. Uh, look, Flacco's not the future. Certainly is a guy that uh, uh, I think is solid bridge. He's certainly better than Case Keenum. But if you think this guy is going to be taking them deep into the postseason, I have some air to sell you. This news just broke over the last uh, little bit. Jeff Hireman, a new deal with the Denver Broncos. Two years, $9 million. And I'm seeing a lot of individuals tweet me in regards to the deal and how they dislike it. They do not like this deal at all, saying he is overpaid, and I don't understand why they'd even come to this idea. Uh, here's the thing. I, I think you have to ask yourself, where does Jeff Hireman rank as far as tight ends in the league? So to, to answer this question, Logan, I'm going to turn to you. Okay. Logan, uh, when it comes to Jeff Hireman in the league, off the top of your head, where do you think he kind of slots as far as 32 starting tight ends? Uh, middle of the pack, but really... So in fif- the- 15 through 20. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. Is a fair spot? I think so. This is assuming he's healthy, obviously. Yes. If he's not healthy, that's a whole different deal. But I think that's something we should consider, okay? um, Based on where his contract is going to slot him, he's going to be about the 18th through 20th tight end paid in the league, as far as highest paid per year. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. And it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's the going rate, where he's at. Now, if you want to talk about maybe a tight end like Jesse James, who got a deal that was f- far higher in overall total, but about $2 million more per year, and how well you could have had him instead, okay, maybe that's a discussion we could have, but just to say that Jeff Hireman was overpaid at two years nine million. It's really where the market dictates, because I think there is potential with Jeff Hireman. Now, sure, the injury is a deal. It has to be considered. But who else are you going to pay for that tight end? We all knew Jeff Hireman was coming back. He was coming back on a cheap deal that was somewhere around 18, 20, 22 highest paid tight end in the league. That's fine. Fine. and quite frankly I think Jeff Hireman can outplay that contract assuming he stays healthy because if he does I think he's actually a quality tight end weapon we saw him kind of emerge last year with Brock Osweiler a little bit or uh, not not uh, Osweiler the year before uh, when he actually got playing time but of course injuries becoming a problem a little bit more effective and then injuries so look this is, this is one of those situations where Denver was going to ride with their tight ends that they have, because I think they do have a quality crop between, I loved Troy Fumagalli in college. I was a big fan of Jake Button in college. The problem is they're all, they're all hurt. But you do have kind of this widespread tight end base that, how do you justify paying Jesse James or going out and spending a draft pick for a tight end? You have much more bigger holes, okay? And I think if you're the Broncos, I think you're hoping maybe Joe Flacco kind of, you know, a, 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 he has relied on tight ends in the past. And this is something maybe that, that uh, you know, the young tight ends with a veteran quarterback can start to thrive a little bit more, can kind of be that safety valve for Joe Flacco. And... You're, you don't want to dip any resources into it because you kind of already have some guys. I think this is the year where you really do figure out because you can't go another year of non-healthy play with Jake Butt. You can't go another year uh, unhealthy with Jeff Hireman. This, this next coming year is essentially going to be it. If they, uh, if they, for whatever the reason why, can't get the act together, now you're looking at, okay, We're probably looking at rebuilding that position, whether it be through the draft, whether it be through, I don't know, maybe in free agency next year. But it's not like they were going to pay anybody big time money. And you don't want to dip a resource into it because you got bigger holes somewhere else. So I'm fine with this deal. Two years, 9 million, fine. Okay. My hope is that it's very incentive based. Because if it's incentive based, well, then it benefits the, the Broncos. Because if he does become what we think, then he, yes, he deserves all of that nine million. But if he if he doesn't, he doesn't get that kind of big time money. So three L that thirteen forty. That is the hotline. That is the text line. Uh, what'd you think of Fangio's comments as well as John Elway? Uh, Fangio talked a little bit about uh, Rich Gangarello as well too, and how you know instilling that offense. And, and working now together with uh, kind of this little tri-headed monster, per se, of Elway, Scangarello, Fangio. Everything's been good. Very much said all the things that we all thought they were going to say. Uh, Elway did say that fit, they are not done with free agency, that still ongoing. I think they're probably going to sit out a majority of the next couple days because they just don't got the money. Well, isn't it also kind of like this period right now where, you know, a lot of teams around the league, too, they kind of need to take a step back, let the dust settle a little bit because sure. we saw monster, monster contracts being, you know, signed and dealt out this week. So I think everybody needs to kind of take a step back and kind of reevaluate their needs. Well, I and I think there are certain teams, hint, hint, New England, who they, they're never involved in day one, two, three of free agent because they know they're, I'm not going to overpay for a free agent. This is their style. This is the way they go about it. And I, I believe it was after day two, uh, ESPN threw a graphic up of, of all the teams and all the signees. And the only team that didn't sign anybody was New England. They they were the one team that had yet signed. Now, they are starting to kind of get involved because now they can see, okay, I like this veteran. I like this veteran. I like this guy. And we're going to get them at a cheap price because we're not bidding against anybody else. That's the big thing here is those day one guys, those Landon Collins, those Juwan James, you are bidding against three other teams for that guy's services, and just like an auction, the price just goes up and up and up. Joe Flacco introduced, uh, said all the right things. We're going to play a little bit of uh, Flacco's press conference here. And uh, nothing nothing he said really stood out outside of maybe a couple things, a couple things he tagged on. Uh, We, I think us here in the media, we, we, we look for certain words, tones, because we can hear the, the, the differences. And I think other people can hear the differences too. And the first thing I thought of when Vic Fangio, uh, Joe Flacco walked up to the podium podium was comfort. Like they just walked up there and it's like, yeah, we, we got these guys. What do you think of him? And that is so different. And look, I'm sorry to reopen this wound, but that is so different from the Vic Fangio or uh, of Vance Joseph era. Vance Joseph era was so uncomfortable and just out of place and awkward and just la. So many good practices. Vic Fangio was just like, yeah, yeah, we got Kareem. He's, he's going to be a good ball player for us. Flacco, you guys know how important the quarterback position is? We got a veteran. He's won a Super Bowl. Sound good? Can I go home? <laughs> That's Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio doesn't tell us about the birth. He just shows us the baby, doesn't he? I'm a big fan of his. I like the I I kind of like this Just answer the question, move on, be done with it, you know? It's just low-key chill, show up in sweatpants. I don't need I don't need suit tie guy. I just want low-key chill guy. you know? I'm fine with that. because look, all these guys know that it really matters what happens on the field. And Joe Flacco talked about that, but uh, getting to that, he, he talked about the offense with Rich Kangarello, and how, of course, this is look, it, it and Elway touched on this. So uh, this should be, this should be a big, prevalent part of the Broncos offense is play action go deep. That's the hope. Now, we thought that was going to be the case last year, but it didn't happen, obviously. Bill Musgrave, he tinkered with it. Oh, that that was supposed to be the case. So, stop it. Uh, Joe Flacco talking about Rich Gangarello and the offense this year.
0: Yeah, well, I don't want to compare it to Gary because everybody's their own coordinator, and I'm really excited to get to work with Rich, first-time coordinator. When you look at the offense, there is a lot of familiarity that I have with it. Um, So, that's obviously, you know... I'm happy to see that but at the same time I you know it doesn't really matter. I, I'm excited about the fact that this is the offense and that rich is the guy that's going to run the thing. Uh, I've had a couple good meetings with them just today and talking with them and on the phone and um, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about the talent that, that we have here you know at all the positions offensive line tight end, the running backs, the fact that we have really good young running backs, really good young wide receivers um, you know it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: He obviously has a lot of weapons around him. And I I think that is going to be such a relief for him because I was looking back at the Flacco offenses in past years. And I have to be honest, uh, this may be the most talented offense he's ever worked with. It may be. There was there was one year with Ray Rice if you want to talk about, you know, 12, 1300 yards and that being a look Phillip Lindsay was a 1,000-yard rusher. Like, they have arguably a better wide receiver core and a better running back core right now than Flacco's ever had. So that's something to look at. It doesn't mean he's going to play well, but it's something to consider. Uh, Joe Flacco talking about the foundation of motivation and what motivates him as a player.
0: Well, like I said earlier, I think the... the (laughs) The foundation of motivating somebody is just love of the game, wanting to be the best at what you do, no matter what that is. Um, and year to year, yeah, there's things that motivate you. I mean, listen, when I was coming out of college and I had a transfer and you know, I was, a small, I was a small school quarterback, like obviously that probably went into a little bit of the motivation. Um, you know, Being in Baltimore for as long as I, I was and not being there anymore and how it ended... Um, obviously, there's probably going to be a portion of that 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 motivates me. But I just, if, if if I was relying on things like that to motivate me, that'd probably last for one week, and then I'd shut off. You know, my motivation really comes from wanting to be the best and just really loving the foot, loving the game, loving coming in this building and going out into that practice field and being with the guys.
1: Yeah, I love the ending to that that little part because he's absolutely right and maybe this is a, getting a little off the road but talking about a different topic is everybody always wants to talk about like motivation is like oh this guy doesn't seem motivated. it's like man, if you're playing football you are motivated okay like it, you don't know what kind of grind these players go through you really don't uh don't worry they're not going to wake up every day and do it unless they're motivated but anyways uh, it was nice to hear Flacco talk about that, and then lastly, uh, this part I did not like. Though he was asked about you know him being a first-time free agent, and of course Peyton Manning went through this very similar situation and went through this simulation situation in Denver. Joe Flacco was asked, "Would he reach out, or has he reached out to Peyton Manning?"
0: I haven't. Um, it's interesting you ask. Um... I am new to this. It's 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 completely different, and obviously I'm going to find my way through it mostly on my own. But um, if that opportunity arises, or or something like that, then it would probably be a huge benefit to talk to somebody like him who has gone through it, and you know not only has gone through it, but has made it successful.
1: Yeah. See, I don't I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I I want if you. Look, it's one thing to talk, to try to talk to Peyton, and Peyton doesn't want to talk to you. But the, oh, well, if the opportunity arises itself, but I'm not going to actively reach out. Like, why wouldn't you? To me, I'm in the firm belief, and this is in regards to anything in life, you should reach out to people who are smarter than you. Because, first of all, you have to have that understanding that there are people who are smarter than you. And if I need something fixed in regards to my plumbing, I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to call a plumber, or if I'm trying to save some money, do a DIY project on maybe replacing a doorknob, and I know somebody who's done it before. I'm going to call that person. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, so I'm trying to I'm trying to utilize smarter people to help me, and I hope that other people do that with myself in the regards to. Oh, I have a lot of interns who contact me about being in the radio industry. You know, it's like reach out to people who are smarter than you. Peyton Manning has done this before, and he's the arguably the greatest quarterback in history. One of. I, I don't like the idea that it's like, oh, well, you know, whatever. I mean, if it, if it happens, it happens. It's Like, no, I, I want to hear the guy that's like, uh, yeah, I've already talked to Peyton. Yeah, like, I, I want to know what the cadence is of different players, like the vibe of the building. This and that, yada, yada, yada. Like, I would, have, yeah. I would have done that before even signing the contract. And maybe, look, maybe we're just looking into just deeper stuff that really means nothing because it really doesn't. No, no. It's these little things. It's the little things. I've always said it's the little things. If you take care of all the little things, the big thing takes care of itself. So, 303 831 1340. Reading some of your texts here, uh, Kiefer. Uh, says, like the Jeff Hireman deal, max value of $9 million over 2 Great deal for a guy who uh, has potential. You know, the Hireman deal, we will... And, and I think maybe those who dislike the Hireman deal may see the structure that comes out, and it may soften the blow. Because I imagine, uh, and particularly when the verbiage max value is put on it, and that was tweeted out by Mike, uh, uh, Mike, listen, I news that there's a little bit of a emphasis on, okay, at best case scenario, this is what he's going to make. When in reality, there's incentives. there. He's probably not going to reach those incentives, but you know what? If he does great, then he deserves all 9 million because he's playing 16 games and he's catching 50, 60, 70 passes, yada, yada, yada. So again, big thank you to our friends over there at Bespoke Edge, bespokeedge.com. Love our friends over there. Of course, Men's Custom clothing they've been doing it for several years. And uh, if you are, well, maybe it's a new year, new you, you still got that chance to, uh, well, maybe it's a wedding this coming summer. Maybe it's just a casual date night or something for the workplace. Be sure to go check it out. Hundreds of blog posts and videos over there at Bespoke Edge, bespokeedge.com. A lot of great stuff. Go check them out, my friends at bespokeedge.com. Com. Of course, for more info on the Denver Broncos and, uh, well, news, be sure to go download that Mile High Sports mobile app that is free for Apple and Android, and you can check it out at MileHighSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Radio. that's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K, or radio on Twitter, and be sure to check out my work at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. See y'all.